Welcome back to another amazing episode. And as you know, I always love to start with some coaching announcements. Now, this is super exciting and it's also very time sensitive. I have my cycling skills four week workshop for women who are new to cycling. That's starting on Thursday night, July 8th. It's super close. Now, listen up, ladies. If this is for you and it resonates where you are new to cycling or you're not new to cycling and you've been cycling for many years and you're looking for ways to get better, like whether it's climbing, whether it's having better endurance, whether it's being a like improving your pedal stroke, this workshop is for you. Hands down, it's amazing because I'm putting it on. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but what, as a cycling coach, these are skills that I've been coaching and teaching my club for over 13 years. And it's, and there are those skills that people are always asking about. Now, here's how it works. So it's four weeks. Each week, you get one workshop. The first week is dedicated to pedal stroke skills. And what happens, it's all online. And I do a um, a demo, uh, description, then I do a demonstration and then you get on your bike and you go through some drills. Then I give you homework and then we come back for a second, uh, meeting during the week for a Q and a, and this is where you get to basically pick my brain for a month. The second week is all about Hills. The third week is about strength, power, and speed. And the fourth week, we tie it all together with nutrition. And it's, I'm just so excited to be offering this to women who are new to cycling and it starts tomorrow night. So basically the deadline is noon on Thursday. So hopefully you're catching this like right now, go to the website, cyclingskillspro.com, check it out. And I hope to meet you and help you improve your cycling over the four months. Take care and we'll see you later. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review and enjoy this next episode with Natasha Wilch. She's talking all about re concussion recovery. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Dao, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for coming back for another episode of Secrets in the Saddle, All Things Cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Dow. And we have an extraordinary lady here today. She's not a cyclist, but she's a specialist in concussion therapy and if you've noticed from some of our past um, uh, interviews, some of them have stopped their cycling career because of concussions. And as everybody probably knows, you might know someone who has suffered from a concussion. I can certainly say I have a handful of friends who 
plus my daughter who suffers from a concussion. So that's why this interview is so important for everybody to listen. Make sure you share, make sure you put your notifications on. And let's welcome this amazing woman, Natasha Wilch from Victoria, BC. And she has put together, um, she's going to tell us her story but she's put together a, some really cool services for concussion, um, would you say victims? Uh, survivors, sufferers. Survivors, like somebody really, re- <laughs> like they're not victims. I'm they're like, not victims. That's right, they aren't. So survivors, I'm sorry, well, that name. So welcome Natasha. And before I bring her out, I'm just gonna say that I was lucky enough to meet this amazing woman. I, we both joined this mastermind this past spring. It's been about a month and so we've been in there and we've been lucky enough to connect with that uh, within the group. And that's why I, I was like, what, this is what you do. I need to have you on the podcast because so many cyclists have, you know, accidents and concussions result from those accidents. I mean, like obviously every sport has them, but welcome Natasha. I'm super, super excited to have you here. Oh, I'm extremely excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, this is so awesome. Okay, so a little bit about Natasha. She's gonna tell us her story, but like I said, she um, works at, she's the founder of a rehab uh, clinic in Victoria called Symphony Rehab. In Nanaimo, so, quick correction. In Nanaimo, sorry. <laughs> That's Nanaimo. Okay. It's even smaller. It is. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so, but the lucky thing, yeah, so Nanaimo, BC. And um, she also, like I said, she's going to talk about her, she's a co-founder of an online service called Concussion, uh, Concussion Compass. So Natasha, tell us Give us your background and your story on how you got into, I mean, really specializing in concussion therapy. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things that literally I've always been fascinated by the brain, how it works, the interconnections, but I never really understood my own reason on why I was so passionate about this field, probably honestly, until like this year, which is crazy. So I've been a physical therapist since 2011. Um, and I was always interested in neurological rehab. So that was like spinal cord, Parkinson's stroke. That's where I started um, because it was never the same thing. It was always different. It was always changing. Every person was very unique. One stroke was not the same as the other. Um, and we actually lived in Vancouver at the time. And I worked at a private clinic in the hospital. And then we moved over to the island and because my husband got transferred for work. And because I was the brain physio, Um, someone referred me a concussion client. And I remember being like, a concussion is not a stroke. (laughs) (laughs) I was a little bit like, okay, all right. I literally had to be like back in my brain to be like, okay, concussion brain. What can I assess? What can I, because we didn't learn about concussion in physio school. We had like, oh, back when you were in school, back when I was in school, we didn't learn. We literally got like a one hour lecture. (laughs) You're like the doctor. Here's a one hour nutrition. Right. <laughs> and, and in that one hour lecture, you didn't rehab concussions. <laughs> like it didn't right. happen. So this person was referred to me and I was just like, well, crap. 
So did an assessment, by the way, she's doing amazing now, but, but what that did is it opened a door to me and I'm that therapist that if someone's coming to see me, I better damn well know what I'm doing because if I don't, I'm going to send them somewhere else, but there was nowhere else to send this woman. Mm-hmm. So I very quickly dove into the, took, like I signed up for a course that weekend. I started reading research. I was like, I have to like, I have to help her. And so I dove down this rabbit hole and that, that in itself was like six years ago now, but it took me a long time to realize why the heck this area, because I'd done a lot of things, right? Like I'd worked with stroke, I'd worked with Parkinson's and I really liked it. But the second I started diving down the concussion rabbit hole, I always call it, I just wanted to go deeper. Like I did not want to come out of that hole. Like I wanted to understand it more. And still to this day, I'm working on my fellowship in clinical neuroscience right now. So I can even have a greater understanding of wow. all of, like, the interconnections of the brainstem and the cortex and all the and function and life and all this stuff. But where it came back to when I literally sat down one day and I was like, well, frick, that's like one of the big reasons is when I was 17, uh, a very close family member experienced a, a significant concussion. So that was 21 years ago. (laughs) So 21 years ago, concussions absolutely weren't rehabbed, right? So this person looked fine. They sounded fine. They were given Tylenol and codeine and said, here you go, take this for your headaches. Um, Mm -hmm. But when that person got home, they were not the same person at that time, right? They had short-term memory issues. They couldn't remember things from hour to hour. Their irritability and mood swings were huge. they would be in a conversation and then it's like they were gone, like just like zoned out. And then then they'd snap back too. And so when these things started showing up as the family, we were like, what the heck? Like didn't understand. And I'm 17. So like you have an 18 year old daughter. So we know what 17 and 18 year old girls are like. Yeah. Um, I didn't understand what the, right. I was like, what the heck? Um, (laughs) And this led to some turmoil in my family. And it ended up being that I actually moved out of my, my home um, because of it. And really? Was yeah. it a parent? Uh, I don't even go into that part yet, but yeah. So it's like uh, just okay, like okay. within family. So I actually moved out and um, obviously kept in touch with my parents. Uh, and I, I ended up moving back home like six months later, but it was just, no one helped our family understand what the heck was happening. Like right. we didn't understand the person who had had the injury, had no idea what was the frig was happening. Um, and it turned us upside down. And so Luckily, over time, we started like via MS, I moved to New Jersey and via MSN messenger, uh, we started reconnecting. Like this is how this shows how, so this shows how old we are. (laughs) No one uses MSN messenger anymore. Kids today won't even know what we're talking about. Um, I barely remember. (laughs) um, But then I moved to Vancouver and uh, that's where I experienced some significant trauma in my own life. And when I was that person, I went through this phase where I would call home every day um, because I needed support, right? Like I, my friends kind of turned, I had like lost friendships. My identity was up like I was, my life was turned upside down. And the only, like literally it was a two to three phone calls home a day to like keep me going. And the person mm-hmm. on the other end of that phone call was the person who had the TBI. Um, and they helped me get through one of the hardest periods of my life. And so when you, so come, what happened to you? How did you, so I have never shared this publicly actually. Oh, do you yeah. mind? No. Um, so I was, um, Oh yeah. Um, I 
was assaulted when I was in my early twenties. And so it just kind of turned my life upside down. So it was identity things, people who you thought supported you, you know, you looked really strong and you just kind of had to, like, you had to figure out what happened, like going through that grief process of what the heck happened. Like this wasn't my fault. All these sorts of things were all those emotions that I was going through. And when you think of the concussion client and the PCS client, the people have those persistent symptoms, you know, their identity is turned upside down. Like their support Mm -hmm. systems are rocked They're They start to quite like, could things have been done differently? And so that, that realm of concussion is a realm I understand. I've never had a concussion. Okay. I was just going to say, but that the whole feeling behind the the feeling behind everything of people telling you, well, you look fine. Like you look Mm -hmm. okay. And you're like, thanks. Thanks. I'm not like, (laughs) so I get that, which, and so people always ask me, like, how do you can, how can you relate to the concussion client so well when you've never had a concussion? And that's why, like, I can relate so strongly to the emotional piece that goes along with that and your life being turned upside down for some people because of that. And Mm -hmm. so the person who literally helped me through that was this family member who'd had their own TBI. And so when it comes to like, why I'm so passionate in this clinical piece, it's like the melding of all my worlds. It's the person who... I look at the family members who don't get the support, who still don't understand because it happens all the time. And there's no reason for that to be happening today at all. None. Then I look at the people who are having, who are struggling with concussion, who are still getting really shitty advice. Sorry, am I allowed to, if I, sorry, I'm not allowed to swear. Um, so people who are getting, we don't use, but we can swear like that. Um, people who are getting like horrible advice, they're not being guided properly and they're living with these symptoms or told they just have to live with it when they don't have to. Then you get the fact that I completely understand like the emotional piece that comes along with that. And Mm -hmm. then you have my, like, I love understanding the inner workings of the brain. I love it. It fuels that curiosity in me and that educational piece in me. So literally working with my clients is like this collision of so many worlds and aspects of my life that I just pour that passion into my clients and education and awareness. Wow. So like, like I mentioned, um, well, I mentioned, we were just chatting that my daughter, she's 18 now, but she had two concussions back to back and, and I feel, and so one of them was on a she was playing flag football and basically two girls like literally like ran into and peeled off each other like they've been like boom and both of them like passed out on the ground like literally for a couple of minutes you know what and at for me that was the one moment I wasn't watching (laughs) I turned my head like turn around and like whose kids on the ground I'm like oh my god I think it's mine (laughs) and so that was the first one and um and then the second one and the funny thing is um Natasha is that as a mom and and maybe all parents should listen to this so as mom you're like no you know like you're okay you're gonna be fine and that was me like I was like you know, maybe she's faking it. I'm going to be completely raw. This is what goes through your, these, you know, parents' heads. Maybe she's faking it. Maybe it's not real. You know, she's just making it up. And that's what I was going. I'm like, you're going to be okay. She's like, yeah, but I got headaches. And I'm like, 
I'm just not feeling good. And I'm like, oh, come on, let's just go do something, you know? And, and, and I just think about that summer of her trying to navigate and me not being compassionate about it. And I feel like shit, actually, now that I really, really think about it, you know, and I was, and, and, you know, the need to maybe go, like, we did go get her checked. Mm -hmm. But, and I find the thing is, like, when you're dealing with something like that, it's like, what do you check? Like, do you go for brain scans? Do you go for x-rays, like, MRIs? Like, what is it? And how would you even be able to? Yeah, yeah, because it's like, okay, what else do you think we should do? Like, how am I, how do I solve this for you? How do I make you not feel like shit every day? Yeah. And then, so there's that. And then she got like completely creamed on the, on the ski hill. Have you ever seen two people fall? Well, and that, and I was there that day. Um, and, uh, and then she, it was whiplash. Like she didn't hit her head. I'm sure she hit her head on the way down, but then that was like the neck mm-hmm. with the head. And, and from there it was all downhill. Like, you know, she, she was a month out of school. Um, and oh my gosh, like, what do you tell parents in that situation? Like, I want to cry, but what do you tell them? So let's squash a couple of myths real quick. All right, let's do it. So one, especially because I know a lot of your listeners are cyclists as well. So it does not matter if you're wearing a helmet because a helmet does not stop you getting a concussion. Exactly. Yeah. That piece. Number two, (laughs) you don't need to lose consciousness to have a concussion at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can be just from kind of that force and that whiplash. Concussion is an acceleration, deceleration injury, right? And it's the forces that are then transmitted to the brain that cause that shearing and this neurobiotic cascade that happens within the brain. There's all these physiological pieces that I just actually shared a graphic on my Instagram this last week, but you can't see them and you can't see them on imaging either. So when you're questioning about like, what do we do to get her checked? If they do it, if someone does a CT or they do an MRI or they do an X-ray, they're doing those things to make sure that there's no fractures or nor, no more like pathological things. So no bleeds, no subdural hematoma, like right. none of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because none of what actually happens within that brain shows up on standard imaging. Right. So a concussion causes a neurological disturbance in the firing of the neurons and all this metabolic stuff, but you can't see any of that. Yeah. And when you think back to when we were kids and people got <laughs> concussions, right? It was like, shake it off and go back and like, you know, go do your thing. Like you're fine. Yeah. Like it's fine. It's nothing. Um, and now we're in the midst of like, one of my big things is increasing that awareness for parents, for people themselves, because my son races BMX and yeah. the knowledge of concussion in that industry <laughs> is not great. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine it's just, it's guys, right? It's like, yeah. you fall, you get up, get up, get on your bike. I've, oh yeah, God, yeah, the, finish horror, it up. the horror stories I've heard of like, he got up, he threw up, he got up and rode the next moto. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, You sent him to see me yeah. over there. <laughs> um, so one of my big things is like, we need to increase 
the awareness and the education. I mean, you look at the research and it's changing so rapidly. In 2012, we talked about, you know, having to rest for rest for three weeks or several weeks is kind of where we need to do. And it's, it's not detrimental. Now we're saying you rest for 48 hours and then you gradually start to increase activity. But here's the thing. So most, who did you get your daughter checked out by? When you say like, we got her checked out, who'd she see? I'm guessing a doctor. Oh no, just like well, profession. Oh, I think it was a neurologist, neurologist. Okay. So most people get a concussion and they go see their GP or, and then they ask for, they might do a referral to a neurologist. If the GP is not comfortable with kind of concussion, then they'll mm -hmm. refer to a neurologist because that thought process is it's my general practitioner and the neurologist understand the brain. So that must be the proper path. Right. Right. Um, usually not <laughs> only because, and every profession is different, but concussion is that functional disturbance within the brain. So you have to, what gets assessed is your, is your person's function. So the people that ultimately, yes, you need to go to your, I say always go to your general practitioner because you need, it needs to be in your medical history and all that stuff. Right, right, and then yeah, if yeah. they are concerned about x-rays or images, then they are the ones that need to make that referral for sure. Mm -hmm. But then you want to connect with someone like a physical therapist. That's usually my go-to initially who is trained and knowledgeable in concussion. The PT profession is huge. Yeah. And some of us that have chosen to niche down like myself, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but what the profession does is when you go for an assessment, it's so much more than asking questions. I have, I work with some youth hockey players and um, I remember I had this one kid who we were rehabbing him from his concussion and he had just went for a regular like doctor's appointments and his symptoms had disappeared. His symptoms had been gone for about a week. And so he went to his doc and his doc, the, the assessment from his doc was just asking questions. And when he said he was symptom free, the doc was like, okay, cleared to play. Luckily his dad listened to me. <laughs> oh God. Um, because my response was, uh, no, no. Like, I'm not clearing you to play. And the kid couldn't understand. And so what's important to know too is just because your symptoms go away, yeah. particularly in that cube, does not mean your brain has recovered. And with this kid, what I could do is because I'd assessed him previously, I had objective outcome measures that I could show him. Look at your sway pattern in your balance. Look at how slow your reaction time still is. Look at the stuff like you're not ready to go back, especially on the ice. So yeah. when someone comes in to get an assessment and when we're trying to figure out you know, are they like, what do we need to work on? What do we need to rehab? Um, we're looking at a global assessment. We're looking at vision. We're looking at vestibular. We're looking at the neck. We're looking at their autonomic nervous mm -hmm. system. We're looking at the ability to push themselves and exercise. We're yes, we're looking at symptoms. But we literally do a global systems assessment to see what is working well, what's not working well. And then we, in the acute stage, we guide them in this in this graded exposure to environments and to activity again. So in your, like in your daughter's case, we talked about she struggles with headaches, right? Yeah. Headaches can come from like five different places. So just throwing medication at a headache or just saying, okay, I'm going to go to for massage. What if that's not the reason the headache is happening? Then she's always going to have headaches because you don't know the root cause of why the heck it's happening. So that's yeah. why connecting with someone who really understands that those elements and how they kind of interact together are the people that need to be helping you kind of move through a concussion and rehab through a concussion. Yeah. Cause she's, um, it's, it just 
pains me to see her, you know, like a vegetable in bed complaining about a migraine. And, you know, and she's, she says she's pinpoint certain things that offset it. Like Mm -hmm. she's got, she's got some allergies to, you know, like pollen. Right now it's not the best time, right? You're yeah. And so that's, that sets off the eyes and the nose. And then, um, and she's like, you know, the, the light and like just doing too much at one time. And, mm-hmm. and here's me, the parent, you know, maybe if you slowly ease yourself into, you know, I know I'm just like, I can't handle And I, I want to be sympathetic as a family but- member. It's hard because how long do you be sympathetic where like this person's just starting to turn inside out and, and not be active anymore and, and just sitting there. And, and I, all I think about is becoming unhealthy and that just, that's another like layer, you know, something else to throw on the fire when you're not healthy and you're not feeling good inside. And I'm like, Oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? You know? And it's that's what was running through my head, Natasha, like it's tough. How because do you, how do you counsel parents? It's that do you have an extra section for that. We actually did a call and in concussion compass, we, and I literally, I, I'm one day, I'm like, I literally just need to build something that's like for the family. Like, here you go. Oh. Um, because yeah. in, but in concussion compass, we did a call where we sent, we said to every single one of our members, we have 500 members in our program. Wow. Um, and we sent to, we said to everyone at the time, we're like, here's the link, invite anybody in your social circle family that you want to join us so we can educate them for you and they can ask us questions because it's easier to hear it from me than it is to hear it from your daughter right it's always easier to hear it from that other person mm-hmm. um and so it's this piece of understanding that it's hard but we also mm-hmm. say it's it's that the people the communication is key so overstimulation for someone with a concussion, especially in your daughter's stage, like she's in the PCS realm, right? Which is different than acute. Like, so they're, they're different entities. Um, so she's in that PCS, that persistent concussion symptom syndrome realm of things. Um, yeah. And overstimulation, when you get to that point, it's like you get symptom flaring across the board of what you're dealing with. But then if you continuously push into that overstimulation realm, you can crash and burn for days on end and feel like terrible. So for the person with the concussion, it is truly a balancing act. And we teach this in the program. It's called, we just talk about planning and pacing um, where you can plan and pace and your day might be full of things. Someone with a concussion can do what we call like one red light activity a day, which Mm. means they can go to the grocery store. And then the rest of the day, it's like yoga, meditation, like a slight walk, like and restorative things. So it really is this fine Mm. act, but it's that piece of every person's different. Yeah. No two concussions are the same. Mm-hmm. And as a parent or as a family member or a, or a partner or a spouse, is that conversation understanding, like, ideally, like, they're trying. Now, if all they're doing is laying in bed all day, every day, then we have to have a discussion. But if you can see them, like, trying to communicate with you and trying to do these things, or they do one thing, and then it looks like they're just laying around the rest of the day, like, it's because that one thing used the energy reserves they have mm-hmm. And they're trying to restore that so they can do one thing or two smaller things the next day. Um, right. And it really is a balancing act. And so what we talk about with like, or, and I'll, cause I'll, 
counsel. I'm not a counselor, but I'll bring like family members and, and people into the clinic and we'll do like a joint session together. Um, and what I'll say is, is communication is key. So if you have something coming up in your, as a family that you really want this person to be like your daughter to be a part of, it's saying to her, you know, it's, I don't know, it's my birthday. And I would really like to do something together. Like, can we, I don't know something you love the most. Can we cycle? We're not going to cycle, but can we like, can we go do something together? Or can we like go out for dinner or something like that? It's her job to then say, you know, I, I want to be a part of this day for you. I can't do the whole thing. Or like, instead of going out to dinner, could we do takeout and have like a picnic in the backyard? Or right. it's, it's finding that compromise and both people have to be willing to do that. Um, yeah. But it is tough, especially if you're someone who is go, 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 which I suspect you are. <laughs> it's really hard for you to then step back and be like, she's doing the best she can and she's yeah. in active therapy. And so, you know, she's doing rehab exercises at home as well. Right. But PCS can take months or years to resolve. Yeah. Like it was six. Well, no, sorry. Two years ago. And that's the thing, like, um, you know, when I was talking to her, cause I don't get to see her a whole lot. So, you know, she, cause she's with her, her dad full time and, and, um, and many times she's had to cancel the weekends at my place because, you know, she's got too much schooling and I know that she has to take more time for school. Mm -hmm. Like there's other things she's has, a learning disability so she's so it takes her longer to learn mm -hmm. things she's got different methods to help her with that so that's awesome um and also she is visually impaired okay so you have all this going on right and it's all brain related and I'm like, okay, you know, I get it. You got lots of homework, um, but I have put it out there. I said, you know, maybe we can get together once a week to go biking or do something or, you know, go, I'll come and I'll see you go for a walk or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of me getting to see her more because I don't get a lot of communication and, and I feel bad because, you know, like I, I, you know, she's going on to all these appointments I'm not sure what they're for I don't know what the end result has been um so I just don't I don't know what's going on really so yeah. um so yeah I'm trying to do the best and she's 18 like she's so young do you know what I mean yeah. like she's got her whole life ahead so of her active yeah, yeah. um but <clears throat> I'm glad to hear that like know huh? that she can get better I know she can get like, better know that I know like, but like it's me. It's like, I know you can get better. Like you could like, let's you just start gotta let her go at her process and her. I know. <laughs> <laughs> to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You gotta go faster. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I get it. And, and sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, well, can't you just, or what if, or, you know, <laughs> like, well, no. and one of the things too, like we kind of talked about this, like, so we don't know <clears throat> and there's like, there's so much research every day coming out, but we don't know why people develop PCS. We don't. Right. So, yeah. I mean, so we're not terrifying people on your podcast. 70% <laughs> of people recover just fine. Yeah. Right? And 70% of adults will recover within that one month period. That's the normal trajectory for concussion. 30% will go on to develop these persistent symptoms. 
but we don't know why. We have no idea. It doesn't relate to the severity of the concussion. It doesn't, um, there's no like tick, tick, tick. What we can say and what we do kind of theorize about more is, is, is poor acute management. So if you do a really terrible job managing your acute concussion, you are more likely to develop persistent symptoms. Right. Uh, learning disabilities, it just don't necessarily guarantee PCS, but they do, it's slower. So people with learning yeah. disabilities, migraine histories, ADHD, um, those sorts of things already have a longer recovery period than normal, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to develop PCS. Um, we really don't know. Um, but the one thing for sure that we can tend to say is if you take a, if you don't do a good job in the beginning stages, right. you're likely to continue and it's going to take longer. But yeah, 70% right. of people, so we don't scare everyone, 70% of people <laughs> recover just fine. For an adult, you'll usually be symptom-free in about 10, 10 to 14 days. Um, but then that, remember I talked about that metabolic process, like that healing of your brain, even though you're symptom-free, that metabolic process that's happening in your brain that you can't see, that takes about a month to actually like go through and recover and go through that. Kids take longer. Kids normal are about a month for symptoms and then they take a little bit longer after that. So now can I have a question? Because I have a number of friends who like literally has taken them years, like mm -hmm. still. And it, and it, I don't know, some of them is like the place that they were hit, mm -hmm. like where they like on the head. So I'm trying to think of my girlfriend. She stood up and hit her head on the corner of a counter, uh, a cabinet. And that was it. So mm -hmm. that could have been like the front lobe, like whether it's the yeah. right or left side, like say it, say it was probably like this side I'm visioning. It's in a dental office. So it's probably like, anyway, they could have been either side. It could have been the front, yeah. but yeah. And she's taken a, a, a long time mm -hmm. to get over Like she had to stop everything. And I can think of another friend who I visited a couple of times and she fell at work. So it was the, the back, back of her head. And she literally like went back to like, like talking and, mm -hmm. and saw, and you just, see all this head trauma that I don't even know if it's can you know classified as concussion at that point uh, it still is yeah I mean yeah. unless they had um so concussion falls into this like mild traumatic brain injury so we have traumatic brain injury and then we have MTBI so like mild moderate or severe right so concussion falls into that mild traumatic brain injury window because there's no like on imaging like there's no bleeds there's no fractures like there's nothing like that happening um but we used to grade concussions. We really don't anymore, but it still falls into that MTBI, mild traumatic brain injury window. Um, in terms of that severity piece, obviously we tend to think if you've actually lost consciousness, it's more severe than if you haven't, right? So there's mm -hmm. studies now that are looking at um, if you had repetitive trauma or like multiple subconcussive blows versus if you lost consciousness, what does that mean for you later in life with things like dementia and neurodegenerative diseases? So there's lots of research going on about that stuff. Um, but there's also stuff looking at, you know, do things change if you have a, a linear injury? So kind of that versus if there's a rotational element to your concussion, oh. um, do things change if it's, you know, where is the site of injury? So your the back of your head is where like that's vision, right? Like that's your occipital lobe, but you're going to get a coup contra coup usually. So you're going to get, because concussion is 
acceleration, deceleration. Right. Right. So you hit your head, the back of your head, you're going to come, you're going to get the front of your head and then as well. So you're going to get stuff within the brain. And so the frontal cortex up here is where all our executive function happens, right? Like that's where, um, our dorsal lateral, that's where inhibition happens. That's where thought is. That's where all that stuff, whereas back here is our occipital lobe. So that's where we process vision, but our brain is not segmented as like, everything connects with everything. So things go from the frontal lobe to the occipital lobe. Like your eye movements all come out of your frontal lobe, right? Like uh-huh. all this stuff. So depending on, um, as someone who's taking a history, yeah, I want to know where the main kind of site of injury was. But again, I'm looking at the bigger picture because it's never just one thing. There's right. always the, you always have to look at the interplay between the different parts of the brain as well. Now, do you like in your checklist, like you said, I know you said you don't have like a check, check, check. Do you look at lifestyle with regards to recovery speed, like being active, eating properly? Um, Yeah. Those are the two that I think of, Mm -hmm. like, what's this person coming from it or, you know, yeah. yeah. So we look at where, you know, who was the person beforehand? because yeah. those habits they had beforehand puts them in uh, everyone starts in a different place, right? Mm-hmm. So if you had, a, if you led a really healthy life beforehand, you were active, you ate well, you're going to have less inflammation already in your body. You're going to be stronger. You're going to have these things, which we suspect would probably help facilitate healing. No guarantees, but would help facilitate right. healing. Um, or at least it means the injury is probably possibly not as severe as if you were someone who was extremely unhealthy lifestyle habits heavily come into play in recovery, especially in if you're pushing into that persistent realm. So in concussion compass, our whole framework talks about, um, it's kind of this four pronged thing is lifestyle is one of those prongs. So we talk about lifestyle, we talk about rehabilitation, we talk about mindset and community. Like those Mm -hmm. are our four pillars that we educate, teach and work you through in our program because they are huge factors, particularly when you're getting to that PCS realm, but also in that acute stage too. Right. Yeah. Cause I would think like, cause I know like health plays a big role for healing mm-hmm. on all aspects, like whether you, you know, break a bone or, um, right to, you know, recovering from a surgery, something like that. But mm-hmm. so I'm just wondering if, if making a lifestyle change could, facilitate the, I don't know, the increase. I know it's not guaranteed because everything's different, but you would think that going from fast food to healthy food would probably help. You can take out the probably. Yeah. (laughs) Would help. Would help. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can take out, you can take out the probably 100%. (laughs) Yeah. So then I'm like, my daughter, are you eating well? <laughs> you know, like, your poor daughter's gonna, you're gonna get off this call and your poor daughter's gonna be like, oh, oh my god, oh my god, my poor daughter. You know, like you can only pry so much before they turn away and turn and walk away, right? It's like, I'm not talking to you anymore, and I get it. Like, I have my mom here, it's like, don't ask me anymore. But, um, so let's talk about your businesses. Mm-hmm. So Natasha, you said, so you're the founder of Symphony Rehab. So that's yeah. obviously where 
you do all your rehabilitation treatment. Yeah. So chat about that. But then you've made mention and everybody is probably picked up on it. Um, the concussion compass mm -hmm. and how that was born, born. I guess, <laughs> birthed out of your <laughs> Just uh, birth, you know, like born from through your rehab and like, how did you, how did you put that together? So talk about yeah. that. So Symphony Rehab is a, we call it a hybrid clinic. So it's a brick and mortar clinic that we also do virtual services as well. Um, but we're multidisciplinary. So it's physical therapy, it's clinical counseling, it's occupational therapy, it's speech and it's breath control therapy. Um, just like the brain can't be siloed into very specific things, you can't look at a person as a diagnosis, you need to look at them as a holistic entity. And so every person has different things and needs they need. And I wanted to build a team that could meet the needs of the person themselves. Um, so that's a big piece behind that. We do, <clears throat> obviously I focus my clinic, like my clinical practice is specifically concussion. Um, right. But within the clinic itself, we do concussion, neurological, orthopedic, um, pelvic health. We do a whole bunch as a clinic as a whole, but um, me specifically, I only do concussion. So I'm a bit unique as a physical therapist in that I have my PT training but I also have functional neurology training and I've done additional training in like, I've gone to neurooptometry conferences because I wanna understand A, how these other professions work so I can refer out if I need to, mm -hmm. but also so that I can make sure I'm doing a kick-ass job for my clients. So I do, I work in a lot of the, an intensive model, which means I'll have clients that come work with me over the course of a week um, and we'll do like three hours of therapy a day. Um, so we do a high intense dosage. And then after that week, they go home with, um, a home program and then a follow-up kind of plan. So I have people that travel from all over, well, right now, Canada to come get treatment, but all the people that travel from the US or the province or elsewhere in the country to come work with me for that week to help them make that next step forward in their recovery. Oh, their okay. Yeah. So that's what I do. The clinic is itself though. If you're a local person, obviously we'll do your more traditional weekly or by whatever it is treatment. So that's the clinic. So symphony, I created symphony in 2015 um, at the beginning, I just drove to people's houses because <laughs> I was new in town. That's and, how usually the and business it was starts. Just me. You're like, I um, can't drive anymore. I need a location. Oh, I was like, I'm done. Um, so <laughs> I opened the clinic and we started doing telehealth in 2017. So it's been great. Like it's what, like I've won entrepreneur of the year for Canada for symphony. Oh, wow. I've been like top 20 under 40 business and community achievement words. I, you know, I forgot to add all that stuff. In yeah, I'm just going to rave about it now. I've, I've been told <laughs> I don't brag enough. So I'm going to do it right now. Yeah, um, brag, brag. And then this last year actually was really great because uh, I won the excellence in leadership for physical therapy for my province. So, uh, oh, wow. and it's because uh, of, go see her. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of these, I, I don't think in the squares of a box, I'm always thinking like, how can I give more value? How can I see something like this doesn't make sense? I can't accept this as a norm. Like how can I change and add and, and get at that information? Um, that's where, like, I started doing telehealth before the world started doing telehealth, right? It's, oh gosh, how can I, right? like, I can start doing these things and see these pieces. And, and I'm also that practitioner that doesn't just look at it as here's a concussion. Here's your vestibular exercises. It literally is. Here's your vestibular. What's going on at home? What's your habit? Like, what's your sleep? Like, what's your um, nutrition? Like, because we have to look at the whole thing or I'm not, I'm, I'm doing a disservice in my opinion. So I completely agree with yeah. you. So that's the clinic. Um, but what happened was I kept seeing people. I was very rarely the first person people saw. 
Um, so what would happen is they'd be seeing other practitioners or, and they just wouldn't be getting better. So then they'd end up in my clinic or they would be, have seen a general practitioner and they'd kept going to their GP forever and they'd go see a neurologist and they were told like, this is as good as it's going to get. This is your new normal, which is, I hate that terrible and wrong. I hate um, that. I'm like, no, yeah, that's not my new normal. And so they'd end up in <laughs> my clinic and they'd be in tears because life was falling apart at home. Family members didn't understand. They didn't know what to do, like, but they knew this wasn't who they were supposed to be. Like they knew there's, there was no way this, and they ended up in tears in my clinic. And so I kept seeing this over and over and over wow. again. And for me, it was like, I love working one-on-one with my clients, but a lot of the things that I was finding that I was educating and teaching and leading them through didn't need to be us sitting in a treatment room, having a conversation. So I knew there was a way I could help. And I'm like, if these are, if I'm seeing this as much in my clinic, then I can't imagine the number of people around the world who feel this way. Right. And so for me, it was just like, I need to do again, I need to do something. Mm-hmm. I need to find a way to educate people, support people and help them through this recovery. And then it just so happened that my business partner is Molly Parker and she's also a physical therapist um, and she's on her own post-concussion journey now and has been for years Um, And we connected via Instagram and we kind of just started building this relationship and we realized that we actually think of the whole rehab process very similarly. And we started sharing like what we wanted to do and we realized we wanted to build the same thing. (laughs) Ah. And we were like, well, we could do it separately or we could come together, which just gives people this unique view of a clinician um, who has dedicated their lives to it, who had a family member that's gone through it. So I get that element too. And then you have another physical therapist who's living it and lived mm-hmm. it. So you get this perspective that is that doesn't exist anywhere else um, because you get this melding of our thought processes and our ideas and the experience versus the clinical experience and how we can have these conversations together for our members and our community to help guide them forward in the next thing. So that's how, that's how compass was birthed. <laughs> we, two women. Nah. There we go. We legit want to like, we want to change the game and the way concussion is being approached and rehabbed because it's just, the medical system as a whole is not doing a great job and we want to make it better. Yeah. Is she in Nanaimo with you or is she somewhere else? She's American. Yeah. So she, oh, yeah, so she cross-border partnership, which really is even better. What's that? It's even better. Yeah. So she's, she's been up here with me for a bit. So she came for, to visit, but she goes home very shortly. So yeah, she lives in uh, Spokane, but she's looking at moving to San Diego actually. So yeah, no, we're, we are not local. We're not in the same city most of the time. He's just like, we have to stay on the same time zone. Oh God. Anything. You know what? I didn't even think of that. That would be, oh yeah. Or imagine. (laughs) No, no, no. You can't go to the East coast. I forbid. (laughs) Time zone changes. Oh God. I've gotten much better at them, but in our, because we have members all over the world actually. And when we first started, it's like the little things, right? So when we first started, we would send out these reminder emails of like, okay, your call's at 11 a.m. Pacific time on Monday. And I'd get members being like, they'd screw up the time zone change. So literally now in every email, it's like, and here's your time zone converter. Like if you need to figure it out. So it's like right there. It's like these little like nuanced details that are just, yeah. I know. That's why I add mine and theirs. Yeah. Because like when I get them, I'm just like, 
uh, and I get, I'm like, okay, is that two hours or three hours or is it central? Central, or? central time's the one that always messes me up. Yeah. I, I always, I still don't, I think central's two hours, but it's the one that always messes me up. And then I've had some in the UK or like over there. I'm just like, okay, oh, I, yeah. that's why I have one on, on my phone as well. Like, okay, so what time do I have to get up? No, <laughs> talk to somebody. Yeah. So, all right. Awesome. Now let's talk about com uh, concussion compass and the services. Yeah. And I know that you were telling me that you launched something just recently. Mm -hmm. I'd love you to share that because this is something that like you're mentioning, no matter where you are, you can, you can join. And I know that with her on her Facebook page, so all these uh, links are going to be in the description for the podcast. So you can join, I believe that it's free on your Facebook page, right? Or is it a so, membership? So Compass is a membership. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So there's but you can get it. It's on Facebook. So Concussion okay. Compass, you go and there, you join, you pay a membership yeah, and then you get all the juicy information. Um, I imagine that whether you're a, um, have suffered a concussion or you're a family member or some, someone close to somebody's is the perfect place for them. Right? Yeah. So there's two different ways. Um, all right. So tell us all about it. So Compass is an online, so it's an online membership program. Um, and you basically, we have two elements to it. So we have a foundations element and foundations is kind of our pre-recorded mini suite of courses. So this is where we're going to walk you through the, so back step a little bit, four pillars of concussion. So we work you through lifestyle, mindset, community, and rehabilitation because you are a whole being. And sometimes part of the issue is, is you've been looked at as these individual pieces before and no one's helped you piece everything together. So that's kind of the magic between everything that we do. Um, in foundations, it's this mini suite of courses. So we walk you through, how do you assess, like looking at how do you assess your sleep and how do you make changes in your sleep? Look at nutrition, look at aerobic exercise. How do you start exercising again after a concussion? Because it's not the same as you would have trained for cycling beforehand. It's very different. Mm -hmm. Right. So we look at these foundational pieces and then we take you into our rehab element. So there's self-assessments to help us understand, like we talked about earlier, the root cause of why you're getting headaches. What is the root cause of your dizziness? Um, and then we help we have rehab at home strategies within there that you can do, but we'll also, once you get to determine what that root causes, if we can help connect you with someone, we will do that as well. So there's this mini suite of courses and then it's chock-a-block full of resources. So um, some of like the consensus statements and things you can bring your doctor if you need to have to help facilitate conversations, if you're looking for referrals, our favorite tips, podcasts, websites, apps, all that stuff. Oh. Um, we have a bunch of, we call doctor locators to help kind of bring everything into one place to help you search. So that's our foundation section. Um, and then our mentorship section is our live portion. So we do four live calls a month. Um, so the first one is a mentorship call with Molly and I together where we'll teach on a topic and then we have Q and A. The second Monday of the month is an office hour. So basically you show up, ask your questions, we answer them. Third call of the month is a guest expert. So we welcome experts in the concussion world who are amazing at what they do to come speak and educate. And these are people that you would wait months and months to get in to see and, or pay hundreds of dollars for. And right. they come and do this for us. Um, so they share their knowledge and then we open the floor that you can ask them questions directly. 
And then, so we either do concussion experts or really like just thought leaders in the world. So like Anthony trucks came and talked to us about identity and it was amazing, right? Like there's some Mm. really cool things that happen. And then our fourth call, huge. Yeah, we do a fourth call and we have an ambassador team. And so our ambassador team leads these calls. So it's just a chance for the community to come together without Molly and I present just to share and learn together and really kind of bond and have this amazing thing. So those are like, that's our live portion. And then Molly, we have an accompanying like private community in our Facebook group as well that is just Compass members. And Molly and I show up live in that community every week as well um, to answer questions. So you get a lot of guidance from people who can truly support you and help push you in the right direction. Um, you don't have to wait forever to answer, ask the question and they have that piece. So that whole program is for people living with persistent symptoms specifically. If right. you're a family member who wants to understand more about what's happening and how to support them in planning and pacing and like what's actually happening in their brain and this piece of things, then you are, we let you have the foundation section. So you don't get the live piece. Um, it's very a piece of what people with PCS share with is they're so tired of having to explain everything over and over and over again, right? right. They're tired of having to like try to explain what they're dealing with or what's happening. And, and so the nice thing in that community is they don't have to, they don't, mm-hmm. we get it. We all get it. We've heard it all. Right. So that is very <laughs> like, that is for people with PCS only, but family members, absolutely foundation section. And they still have the ability to ask questions on the videos that we'll answer. Um, to if they have further questions. So that Uh piece foundations is open to family members. So the easiest way is to actually follow me on Instagram. um, Okay. Which you have the link for. So it's at Natasha. I've got everything. Yeah. So on my Instagram, if we're having a free opt-in, which we're going to be relaunching again soon, um, like our last freebie was how to calm your concussion symptoms immediately in three days or not in three days. Say that again, Natasha. That was really fast. Like, I don't what? remember what I just said. So we have an opt-in that's how to in- calm your three ways to immediately calm your concussion symptoms. Okay. I said it wrong. Oh, that's why okay, I said it so okay. Everybody should go for that so We're, we're going to be relaunching that. So we took it down for a bit. We're going to be relaunching that. So anytime we have webinars coming up, because um, we do free webinars throughout the year as well. So anytime we have webinars or free tools or anything like that, it'll always be on my Instagram um, and then you can always have the ability to join Compass from my Instagram as well. So that's so the best That's way. just Natasha Walsh, right? Uh, Walsh. At Natasha.Wilch. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because yeah. the, the Facebook one is Natasha.Wilch.ConcussionCoach. Yeah. I actually don't, I should probably update that Facebook. I still, all the content goes there, <laughs> but I don't actually know if the link is right. Go to Instagram. I'll check them. <laughs> okay. Let me know. Because <laughs> I got I got the Facebook.com concussion compass. That's the one I pulled. Yeah, that's con- so that's Compass's Facebook page for sure, which obviously that'll take to your our website and then you could join from there as well. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Absolutely. Wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay, just a second. I'm sure I have a question here. Um hmm. can you just give us some tips? Like, um, you know, it's funny. I can think of so many times I've fallen on my head. Yeah. Like from the time I was a kid, like falling in the barn. I do remember one big, or like I fell like flat on the cement floor and I'll never forget it. I was just like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I, you know, when I think I'm like, I think it was from that time, like a long time ago. 
Um, but like snowboarding mm-hmm. before we had helmets. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mountain biking and yeah. those, like I've had a couple of those and I've, I can't say that I've never, but I don't think I've ever had, oh, crashes on my bike ever had like serious symptoms. Mm-hmm. Now, so is there a reason for that? Or am I just extraordinarily just extraordinary. super human? You're just a superhuman lady. Uh, (laughs) We don't, we don't know why there's some instances where I will see some serious crashes. I'll be like, Oh, frig. And they are fine. Yeah. Some instances and they are not fine. And I'm just like, we don't know. We don't know. Hmm. Um, the thing, anytime, if you are in a place or a scenario or something happens where you suspect a concussion might've happened, it is so much more, it makes so much more sense just to step away and sit out for 24 hours and make sure you're good. So yeah, no, I, right. So they might not even start to show up for like six hours after, um, but they can be delayed beyond that. So um, what I would say is familiarizing. If you, if you have a kid that plays in a sport, particularly that has a higher risk for concussion, if you engage in recreational activity, be familiar um, with, the signs and symptoms of concussion be familiar oh, maybe you should talk about that look at so is... <laughs> your signs and symptoms can be yeah. so you have i'm about to do an instagram post on this today to be honest awesome <laughs> um so there's physical so that's things like your dizziness your headaches your light sensitivity your sound sensitivity um your balance is off um there's cognitive so you feel like you're in a fog you just don't feel right you feel slow um, you are having issues forming words or the wrong words coming out or processing like speech. You're just like, I just not like having issues there. Sleep is a big one. 30 to 70% of people have sleep trouble after concussion. That's huge. Um, emotional. So irritability, um, crying for no reason, mood swings, um, all those pieces. And then we call this like there's, and then there's vestibular ocular. That has nothing to do with hormones. <laughs> Not if you just have an incident where you smoke your head (laughs) or think you may have smoked your head. Um, And then there's things like blurred vision, um, double vision. Uh, If you lose consciousness, if you have really bad neck pain or anything that you need to go to the hospital. Uh, If you like vomiting, nausea, dizziness, all that stuff. So like those are some of the major ones, but there's a slew. But again, knowing that it doesn't necessarily have to show up right away. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Like to watch at least up to three days. Yep, pretty much. That's kind of my thing too. Yeah. So there's a lot of really great resources out there, but um, it's like if you suspect you've had a concussion, stop, like pull away from the activity, give yourself like 24 hours. Are you still feeling good? Okay, try to engage in some things. You're still good, then you're probably all right. Um, yeah. But they can definitely show up down the road, right. um, which is the piece there. So, um, and this would be one of those things too, where if you are, um, and I'll like add this like for you too. So if you are part of a community that you think there'd be enough interest for someone to come actually speak to that community to give an educate. So I do this all the time. So like I will go speak to rugby teams or I'll go speak to hockey teams mm. um, to give the education of, okay, in a more structured format than we've done on our podcast, obviously of like, here's what a concussion is. Here are the signs and symptoms of concussion. Here's what you do. Here's when you go for help, like all these things and get someone to come in and talk to your group or talk to your club or talk to your team or that organization Yeah, for you to come uh, and talk to my club. And like I would happily little... volunteer to do that for you. 
Yeah, just do a little like um, you could do a Zoom or maybe a live right on yeah. the right in the page. Yeah, I would be happy to. That'd be cool. So Natasha, what about pupils? Oh. Is that a huge indicator? <laughs> your eyes are literally the window into. It's eight oh six. Just so you know, your lives, your eyes yeah. are literally the windows into your brain. Um, and so it is one way that I will assess your autonomic nervous system. Okay. Well, that, I was wondering if that would be like the first thing. Okay. Just look at me eyes no. over there. <laughs> um, uh, so tracking yeah. and saccades and convergence absolutely is one thing we'll look at for sure. Um, right. that can be impaired with concussion. And then the other thing would be your actual ability to re respond to light. Um, mm -hmm. because we have normative data on kind of what people with concussions will normally come back as versus not. So right. it's one of those tools that we use to help understand how your autonomic nervous system is doing. Um, we know after a concussion that you're in more sympathetic drive than parasympathetic drive um, as well. And so it is absolutely one of the pieces. But if you're, if you're like a safety person or you're a sideline person, some of the things you probably want to be familiarized with are, so you could look at the VOMS, which is a vestibular ocular motor screen. Um, so it starts, it pulls in a little bit of that eye stuff you were just talking about, vestibular um, piece. And then the other thing that is well kind of used in the first three days after concussion is your scat. So your okay, scat. Okay, so what was the first one again? So it's is called it called VOMS, V-O-M-S. V-O-M-S, okay. Yeah, and that's a vestibular movement ocular motor screen. And so you're looking at how well the person does the task, but also does it bring on any symptoms? Okay. And then the other one is your SCAT five. I think SCAT five is the next one. So it pulls in a little bit of the cognition and the memory and balance and piece of that as well. So if you are someone that's working with a team where you're on the sidelines and you are not familiar with those two, that would be something I would familiarize yourself with. Okay. We'll have to write that down because my uh, nine-year-old son starts football oh there we go it's, it's not tackle at that age is it I'm not sure oh I okay. heard it was <laughs> okay. so, so I'm like it's a good thing he can run fast but the thing is that you know, like, I love it. <laughs> um but both my husband and I are like oh we're so excited that he's excited about it but we're mm -hmm. also like yeah we you know so I, I'm of the mentality. Um, so I said my son BMX races, which yeah. when they crash, they crash hard. Um, and yeah. my son's being seven. So, cause I get asked all the time, like doing what you do, how, how do you not bubble wrap your kid? Like, why would I? And it's the, they need to live their life. Right. right. Like yeah. BMX, I, now there are certain sports that I probably wouldn't put my son in. Um, but BMX brings him so much joy. Like mm -hmm. he smiles. You can get a concussion when you fall off the jungle gym at school, right? Yeah. So I'm going to let him live his life. I'm going to, I'm where I'm aware of the risks. And if an incident should happen, we will cross that bridge when it comes to it. But I can't, right. you can't live your life in fear. And I can't no, make I, my son live his life in fear because of what my I completely are. agree. So. Like I just watched the boys on the trampoline and that's enough. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> let's not talk about trampoline not, oh I've heard <laughs> so I'm like well I suppose maybe I can handle you know and I'm of the same 
you know, we'll just cross that bridge. But the thing is that I think it's important as a parent to kind of know, you know, like just do the, the checklist um, if something were to happen, like straight away. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yep. I'm not... I think it's be aware, make sure that you're educated because you can't mm -hmm. always guarantee that the coaches and the league will be. Yeah. Um, and know at least you don't necessarily know exactly what you have to do, but know who you can reach out to at a minimum. Well, I know you, so I'm okay. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody knows you now. So Natasha in Nanaimo and uh, Concussion Compass. So that's all you guys need to know. You get into her, her community. Um, so is there anything else that you can tell us? I mean, this has been really good information. Um, I'm just trying to think of any other questions, but can you, um, can you just, well, I know, so I'm a cyclist. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to talk cycling specific. Cause I was just, I was funny. I was just did something on helmets and you're like, yeah. helmets, <laughs> I'm like, helmets save lives, but they do, I mean, they still, they, they help they skull fractures. Lives. They help. They absolutely save lives. They don't <laughs> decrease your chance of concussion, <laughs> but they save. Your life. <laughs> well, I know if you're going to hit hard and if something's going to happen. The thing is that you're saving yourself is from a direct hit, Absolutely. which can make it a hundred times worse. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I was just doing a little thing on like helmets and what to look for and how to put them on properly. Oh, I love it. I just things like that. So I, I just did a little pot. I would say I literally what? tried on a bunch of helmets for B for myself for BMX last year. And it was a journey and a half trying to find one I liked. <laughs> yeah. Like, or just fit well. Yeah. Does it look hot on me? Okay. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We're good. And I, I actually think I probably bought one that's too small for my head. So I was like, oh, great. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> like, why do I have a headache every time I have Why can I barely put this on? <laughs> yeah, that's Squeezing. But uh, yeah, so that was my Friday's episode, actually. Oh, I love on it. Helmets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in terms of cycling, it's just, I mean, the fact that again, we talked about just taking care of awesome health and to optimize your brain and your health now, like before you even get a concussion. Right. So, right. I mean, we don't know, we don't have like insane predictors that we can do, but taking care of your body and your health and your brain, eating well, getting proper sleep, staying hydrated, um, cross. So cycling cross training. Right. So, um, yeah. in terms of cycling and like, pet, I, I don't cycle, but like, whatever you do, cycling on the bike, but right. It's a very linear sport, right? Like you're in your position, you're either over or whatever it is. So in your routines of your strength training and everything that you do cross train bring, and I know you do resistance training. That's, but by that, I also mean, look at things that challenge your coordination, challenge cross body movement, challenge balance, challenge rhythm and timing, because all yeah. of that piece is just going to strengthen your brain. If you were to ever have a concussion. Um, but then in terms of you know, if you experience something again, it's just, and as I can happy to chat to your club, but, um, being familiar, know that you're going to get better, know that you can improve. Uh, my son's going to school. I'm going to give him a hug. Oh, <laughs> oh, look at you. Hi. Have a great day, bud. I love you. Um, you know, know that you can improve, know that you will improve, um, know who to connect to, but 24 to 48 hours rest. Yeah. Cognitive and physical rest. 
And then after that 48 hours, it is a gradual reintroduction of activity. And there's, that's where connecting with a PT who is really knowledgeable in this field can help guide you in what that gradual recovery looks like. Because, right. and the key in that acute windows of like that is trying to stay below exacerbation of your symptoms. Mm-hmm. So as we gradually increase stuff, we gradually increase your tolerance staying below symptom flare. So for high achieving athletes and individuals with type A personalities, that can be challenging when you're used to go, 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 go. Right. But just, I want to stress the importance of that gradual piece, because that's what's going to actually help you recover faster. And the fun thing is that there's actually research now that shows us that we can begin that gradual sub threat, we call it sub threshold aerobic exercise two to four days after a concussion. And we know that if we do that properly, it's going to improve our rate of recovery. Right. Oh, that's yeah. good to hear. Cause yeah. I just want to think one that was awesome. A recap now strength training, just a quick, um, I always find that strength training your muscles, like super important, even like your I wouldn't say like a strength training your your neck muscles, but you, you definitely work your neck muscles in a lot of the exercises you do Mm -hmm. that can be, I don't know, like, so there's an added bonus studies that have been done. So women are usually at higher risk of concussion, particularly. And one of the thought processes is because women have a longer neck. Really? That's one of the theories. So we have a longer neck. Apparently. On an average, apparently women have longer necks. Okay, Uh, every woman listen to this. (laughs) You have a partner who's a guy. Go go see who has the longer neck. (laughs) Um, So there's a theory behind like, you know, and there's been studies that like if we strength train our neck, because the whole thought is if we have a stronger neck, will it absorb that force so we have less of an acceleration, deceleration injury? Um, Let's just say that we can't say for sure that's the case. It's one of those factors that if you're strengthening the rest of your body, making sure that your, you know, your deep neck flexors and neck extensors are strong is just going to serve you better. Um, some studies have found it's been helpful. Some studies have found it's not. So there is no definitive, yes, this will lead yeah. to concussion. But I'm of the mindset that whatever you can do to optimize your health as a whole anyways right. is going to serve you better. So it's like, that's where like, I'll have, I'll have some of my athletes that come work with me before they have a concussion. We'll do mm-hmm. a super in-depth, like pre-season, like baseline. We'll find where their weaknesses are and we'll strengthen them. <laughs> right. Oh, that makes sense. Right. So it's, it's, or it's like, okay, here's the preseason. Here's what you can work into your own program. Or like, here's where you actually need me versus here's where you can go work with your strength and conditioning coach. But it's, we do this full system screen. So it's not just strength and balance. It's what's your vestibular system doing? What's your visual system doing? Let's strengthen all those components. Let's challenge you there. So you're in optimized as best as you possibly can going into the season. I love it. I love it. I love all of it. So I think that we'll just end it here. Um, like, I know we could talk about this at length because there's, I'm just thinking of other things I can ask, but I'm, you know, like, and I can continue asking questions, <laughs> but I know we both have stuff to do and people are probably like, okay. Um, so I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank, especially you, Natasha, now that you guys, um, 
have an amazing resource. I'd love to know what your biggest takeaway was about this particular episode. Please put it in the comments and uh, don't forget to put on notifications uh, so you don't miss other amazing episodes. And Natasha and I would love it that you give us a, like I said, a review with your biggest takeaway and also five stars because you don't get information like this on other podcasts, you know, because it's going to help. Um, and uh, also take a look at her uh, Concussion Compass Facebook pages. Like I said, all the information will be in the, sh in the notes. Um, share it with somebody you know that could benefit. Um, and also get on, where can they just follow you? Is it Instagram, Instagram. or Instagram. Okay, go follow her on Instagram. And that's where you're going to get all her uh, weekly videos and information. So with that, thank you, everyone. Have an amazing day. Be safe. Don't be crazy. Don't be a crazy parent like me. No, <laughs> I'm not a crazy parent, but I, I internally think a lot crazy stuff. And like, especially when you're looking at your kids, right? You're like, I just want you to be the best kids ever, not ever get hurt. And, and, mm -hmm. but um, yeah. So <laughs> you follow me on, follow me on my Instagram and my Facebook and you can follow what happens at football. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Natasha. And thank have you. yourself an amazing day. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.